हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू ऑप्शन गेक दिस इज योर होस्ट विवेक पार्ट टाइम ऑप्शन ट्रेडर एंड फुल टाइम वर्कर हस्बैंड एंड फादर इफ यू आल्सो वांट टू जनरेट कंसिस्टेंट मंथली इनकम ट्रेडिंग ऑप्शंस वाइल वर्किंग इन योर रेगुलर डे जॉब देन जॉइन मी इन दिस जर्नी हेलो एवरीवन थैंक यू फॉर ट्यूनिंग इन टू ऑप्शन गेक दिस इज योर होस्ट विवेक and i am here to present you the summary of the week starting from february 17th to february 21st we had a shorter trading week because us markets were closed on monday uh, so we instead of 5 days we had only 4 trading days last week all right so let's dive right into it as always we'll first look at major market moving news or headlines first one coronavirus it's back again um markets were really jittery especially on friday that the impact of coronavirus is going to be more than what they expected apple actually came back to markets and released the news that they will not be able to meet the guidance that they had provided just a couple of weeks ago during their earnings call even though the markets had hit all time high on wednesday it eventually closed lower for the week and we will see it later on when we look at how the market indices have done all the major market indices be it s&p 500 iwm qqqq or dow jones industrial average they all closed lower for the week second headline japan's economy remember japan is still the world's third largest economy but in the last quarter the fourth quarter of 2019 their economy shrank by more than 6% some of them is attributed to coronavirus but one other portion is their own undoing japan had imposed a consumption tax and that has slowed down some of the economic growth and it's not the first time that it has happened they had tried the similar thing in 1995 97 somewhere at that time they tried it again in 2004 but even on the third time they were not lucky i hope they learned their lessons but japan economy shrunk by more than 6% and when the world's third largest economy goes through this period it definitely has a impact on overall markets across the world All right third thing gold especially in the US markets gold climbed to more than $1600 per ounce and this is the highest level in last 7 years why people are flocking to gold coronavirus the economy uh, of the world at large most of the economies across the world Japan European economies they are not doing good so people are turning to gold as a safe haven to park their money in gold and that's why gold hit 7 uh, years high also along with the gold dollar also rallied uh, last week uh, this is a situation which you don't see very often where gold and dollar both rise in fact even the bonds rose last uh, last week so uh, dollar also rose because 
where would people invest the rest of the world us is the only economy which is growing japanese yen was down australian dollar was down that's why the us dollar was high okay before we jump into how uh, market indices did i have to take a short break my daughter is calling me so i'll be back in a few minutes i'll see you in a few minutes okay i'm back did my parental duty of picking my kid so now let's get back to the summary like i mentioned uh, earlier most of the market indices closed lower for the week s&p 500 spy etf closed almost 0.91% lower it opened the week at 336.51 and closed it at 333.48 dow jones industrial average opened at 293.15 closed at 289.74 a decrease of 1.18% qqq technology sector opened at 233.47 closed at 230.27 a decrease of 1.39% and lastly iwm which is representative of small and medium businesses opened at 167.50 finally closed at 167.10 a decrease of just 0.25% so as you can see across the board markets closed lower for the week even though most of the indices had hit all time highs on wednesday the coronavirus the japanese economy and apple coming out uh with the fact that they will not be able to meet their guideline really jittered the market and they all closed lower does that mean for us it was a bad week not at all and let's dive into the option grid trade summary of how we did last week so overall i closed 32 trades um it was february expiration week so everything and anything related to february expiration trades had to be closed some of them were closed all for profits or for losses wherever wherever i had to take losses some of them were moved out to march expiration trade out of 32 that we closed 24 were the profitable trades and eight were the losing trades now the losing trades also include the trades that i had to close in february for a loss because i had to move it out to march uh, to gather more premium as a, our defensive strategy so it eventually might turn out to be a profitable trade in march we'll see but for now i am trading those trades as a loss so overall 75% winners i'll be pretty happy about it we close the week positive whereas the rest of the markets were all in red our portfolio was still in green and i also opened 28 new trades now for now i have started to build my april portfolio because march is you know less than 30 days very far and few i have still done some march trades mostly trying to hedge the march expiration trades or try to recenter the trades but any brand new trades that i'm opening right now is all for april trades next section 
as you know if you have been watching these videos for quite some time that always I talk about a thought of the week and the thought that I have chosen for this week to discuss is intrinsic versus extrinsic. Alright, let's talk of human behavior and the example I want to take for human behavior is motivation. There are two types of motivation, intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation means something that you want to do because you enjoy doing that task. You are motivated to do the task just because you are having fun or you have your own inherent reasons for doing it. Extrinsic means there is something outside of you, maybe peer pressure, maybe fear of punishment, maybe a social status, things like that which are outside of you motivate you to do the thing. What's your motivation to get into option trading? For me, it was mostly intrinsic. I wanted to do option trading because uh, number one, I wanted a financial freedom and I realized that by trading options, I can generate consistent monthly income. Uh, it's a great way for me to supplement my current income which I earn from my job uh, and that's what my inherent or intrinsic motivation was. Also this also sets me up right for my retirement days. It gives me freedom of location. I can trade options from anywhere in the world. I want to be sitting at a beach at a mountain resort and just trade and then enjoy what I really want to do. So that were my intrinsic motivations. Extrinsic, it brings some money home. It helps me pay off my mortgage sooner. It helps me build a fund for my kids' college. So those were my extrinsic motivation. Okay. You should find why you are motivated to do option trading. Anything that I talk about is always related to option trading. So like for human motivation, in options, the option pricing also has two components, intrinsic value component and extrinsic value component. So if we really look at the, your option contract pricing, it is determined by these two factors. And knowing how the intrinsic value is being impacted and what factors impact the extrinsic value, getting a good understanding of these two components will help you to make really, really smarter trades, will help you to differentiate yourself from those option traders who lose money. So if you want to know more about intrinsic and extrinsic value of option contract and how to use that information to make smarter trades, head on over to my podcast Option Gig and download episode number 27. All right. So that was the thought of the week. Now we move on to our next section where we talk about trades, specifically top three trades, profitable, losers, and new trades for the, uh, that we added uh, last week. So we're gonna move into that section. First one, let's look at the top three profitable trades for the last week. The first one I wanna talk about was a short put 
in Alibaba, ticker symbol BABA, we had a short put in BABA at a strike price of 210. We had initially opened this trade way back in January. It was a February expiration trade, wasn't profitable. I took, I rolled it out to March expiration trade. This is what we do option adjustments. So I took a little bit of a loss in February, but a lot more premium I collected for March. And if you go back to my previous videos, I would have said there, right now I'm taking a loss, but I may be able to convert into do a profit. I just want to get more time and also want to collect more premium so that I can convert this trade into profitable trade. And that's what we did in March. I was able to close this trade at a profit. This individual trade, we earned $509 as a profit. But if I account for the loss that I had taken temporarily when I rolled this trade from February to March, eventually we were able to close this trade for net profit considering all the adjustments that we have done with a net profit of $306. Not bad at all. Uh, at least for me. I'm always happy when I'm able to convert the losing trades into profitable trades. Doesn't matter what's the amount of profit. All right, next one I wanna talk about is the S&P 500 uh, SPY ETF. We had a bearish trade in it. A little bit history on this one. On 13th of January, I had opened a trade because my portfolio delta was high and I wanted to reduce my portfolio delta. Now there are a few ways to do it. You buy a put, uh, that's what most of the uh, newbie traders will do. But when you buy a put, you have to pay money for it. I didn't want to pay too much money for it. So I bought a put, but I got it financed by selling a call spread. So there were two trades, bought a put, sold a call spread. Now uh, I opened this trade when the stock was S&P 500 was at 327 and I was bearish on it. Means I would make money if the stock goes down. And then on 27th of Feb, market was down around 2% and I sold off my long put at profit. So I got additional credit to this trade. Then the market went against us and it was kind of a playing with me in the last week because the short call strike was at 335 and S&P 500 SPY ETF was just dangling over 335. But on the very last day, on Friday, because of the reasons that we talked about earlier, market fell and I got an opportunity to get out of this trade and eventually close the overall trade at $410 of profit. Third one I want to talk about is bullish trade on canopy growth, ticker symbol CGC. We had opened this trade on 16th of January. At that time, the stock was trading at $24.33. Because I was bullish on it, I opened a short put at a strike price of 22, means if a stock stays above, I'll make money. But I also wanted to get a little more premium, so I also opened a short call against it at 32. So it was kind of a strangle, but I had two short puts and one short call. The reason I had a short call, it was kind of a covered call 
because I also own 100 shares of uh, uh, Canopy Growth. So if it blows through my call side, it's okay because I already hold a stock which I'll sell it for a profit. But if it does not, I'll collect it a premium which will reduce my cost basis. Right. So eventually on 18th, we were able to close this trade for a profit netting $377 um, in the profits. So overall return on capital on this trade was almost 19% for 33 dates. Uh, not bad at all when treasury bonds are giving you 2% for 5 year, 10 year. Um, I'm pretty happy about it. All right, next section we move on to the trades which will teach us some lessons. First one, um, it's a losing trade that we had on Win Resort. So on 21st of January, Win Resort fell down 6%. IVR was high, implied volatility rank was high, and we put up a decent put spread, which is a bullish trade because Win fell down, and I thought the loss, the the fall in the stock was too much and it should come back up once the whole coronavirus fear would subside. Uh, but as everybody knows, I think the fear about coronavirus is still very much there in the markets. So the stock never came back up. But we also did some adjustments to reduce the eventual loss. If I had not done that adjustment, this individual trade, we lost $720. Uh, but because I did some adjustments, the net loss was $552. I tried to roll this trade from February to March, but I could not get credit for rolling this trade. Uh, so the best course of action was take the loss and move on. Next one I want to talk about, which the individual trade that we closed for a loss uh, it's not actually fully, fully closed because this was a trade that I have rolled from February to March expiration. So I have a covered call on TLT. The covered call strike price is $142 because I had bought TLT at $142. I sold a covered call at $142 and had collected $1.17 as a premium. Uh, when I opened the trade, TLT was $138.89. So I had a room for almost $3 on the upside for TLT to move before I hit my covered call uh, strike price. And I thought, yeah, it's okay. If it moves up, I'll still make money because, hey, I'm selling it uh, at the price at which I bought and got premium uh, for selling a covered call. So I'll close it at a, whatever profit I am making there. But I eventually got greedy because the TLT has been moving up and up and up and up. So, uh, instead of closing the trade, I've rolled it out from February to March expiration, collected a few uh, for more premium, and uh, I'm hoping that TLD might come back below, or even if it stays higher, um, I'll close it because now I'm making more money than I would have made uh, in February, but uh, if I see if I can roll it further, I might roll it because for me, there is no additional capital being involved in rolling these, but I'm collecting more and more premium because I hold 100 shares of TLD, uh, which is a bond. It's a kind of a hedge against the market, so I'm okay to hold it. 
And because I hold the stocks, no additional capital required. So why not collect more credit? So, but when you roll it, as you would have seen, you take a temporary loss for the current month and you roll it at for a credit for the next month. That's exactly what I did. Temp loss of $521, but I collected more than enough premium in it for the next month to cover up for this loss. Similar, it, this is exactly the same situation that had, had happened in Alibaba. And we had talked about it, uh, how I closed Alibaba at a, eventually at a profit. Next one, same situation like TLT. I had an inverted strangle in XLY uh, ETF. And I rolled this out from February to March expiration and collected additional credit uh, for rolling this out. So right now for February, I had to book a temporary loss, but I have rolled it out to March because my outlook towards this ticker has not changed. I still think that it has run up too high too soon and eventually it will come back down and will move back into our profitable zone and then I should be able to close it at a profit. So I want to stay in the trade and take a credit because if you take a credit, you give yourself more probability to be right, more probability to make money. If you don't make money, you will eventually have a lesser loss like we have seen in the win trade, okay? So these were the top three losing trades. One of them is actually losing because I had to close the win trade uh, and we lost money on it. TLT and XLY are our rolled trades. We'll see it later whether we eventually close it at a loss or not. Next one on the trade leaderboard are the new trades that we opened and where we collected the maximum premium. So starting with the first one is XLY, the trade that I talked about, the one which I rolled from February to March and the total premium now that I have collected, including all the adjustments, including the loss that we have taken in February, the premium totally that I've collected is $4.26. So our short put is at 129 and our short call is at 127. Remember, this is an inverted strangle. Again, invert, in, it is inverted because I had done my adjustment trades. And when we did this trade, the stock was trading at $131.76, means it is outside of uh, our, uh, our break-even points. But now I've collected $4.26 as a premium. So my break-even, new break-even point on this trade now is $131.26. So if XLY moved down, 50 cents, I'll be able to exit this trade for a profit. That's all we need. So by rolling this trade, I just gave myself one more month for to see if XLY goes down. If it does not, that's fine. I will close it at a lesser loss because I collected more credit. Second one I want to talk about is uh, TLT. Uh, the same trade, 122 short call and 123 uh, short put. 
inverted triangle that we rolled from February expiration to March expiration. Same story as XLY. We opened this trade on 21st because I was waiting if TLD goes down and then, uh, you know, if I'll be able to still retain my stocks and still make money. But no, TLT has been up and it was at $148. So I became a little more greedy, didn't want to give away my stock, but collect more premium. So that it's a win-win situation. So I rolled it out from February to March. Now the total premium that I've collected is $4.52. So even though my covered call strike price is 142, if it gets called away, in effect, I'll be selling it at 142 plus 4.52 means $146.52 for the share that I bought at 142. Uh, it'll be a good thing to do. Last one I want to talk about is a new trade, um, kind of a hedge trade that we opened for March. Like I had said earlier, now I am concentrating more on building April portfolio. But if there are some hedging that we need to do for March, I would still do it. So next one is our uh, iron fly trade that we open on S&P 500. I open it on 19th, which is Wednesday when the S&P 500 hit all time high. So we already have an iron fly on S&P 500 for March expiration, but that is centered at $328. We had collected a decent premium on that trade, but now the stock has moved up almost $10. It is at almost $339. So it is just beyond our break even of the initial trade. So I wanted to recenter the trade. So we opened another iron fly at $339. So that widens our break even. So now my break even for the combined two trades is 324 on the lower side, 343 on the higher side. As long as S&P 500, SPY stays between 324 and 343, we will be able to exit this trade uh, profitably. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, I did this ladder trade because uh, the current amount invested in S&P 500 is well below the position uh, sizing guidelines that I follow. So I had no issues in adding another trade on S&P 500. Um, otherwise, my S&P 500 position was already big. I would have done some different adjustment techniques. But this one was a laddered trade because our account could handle uh, one additional position on S&P 500. So we know that market has now moved lower. We'll see uh, what happens this week. And if the volatility in the market um, is reduced because we get some good news, hopefully we'll be able to close it for a profit. We still got ourselves almost a month to see how it goes. All right, with this, I think we finished the trade section uh, from this week onwards, I also want to add one more section, which is mailbag segment. The reason I want to add this is uh, I've been asked multiple questions by viewers or listeners or the people I meet about option trading. And then I realized that these are 
the generic questions that will be useful for a larger community also. And I thought maybe I will discuss one such question in our weekly episode. So the first one I want to talk about is our question that was asked of me on uh, Quora. And there are different ways people reach out to me, either through Quora to ask a questions or to our website, optiongig.com, or onto my YouTube channel, OptionGig. And someone who is listening on podcast, they also email me at optiongig at gmail.com. If you want to get your questions answered, figure out whichever channel you want to reach out to me and just throw your question at me. And if it is a generic enough question, I will uh, answer it and include it in one of our next episodes. Of course, I don't want to share anything related to a specific person's account or information. So we all only want to share which is applicable for everyone. All right, so the question that was asked of me is, do you need to own 100 shares of units? Do you need of, of a particular stock or ETF if we want to trade in options? I think this is a very genuine question because in US, uh, almost all the option contracts have a 100 underlying stock or ETF. They're equivalent of that. So someone who is just starting into options trading will definitely have these questions. Do I need to own 100 shares or ETF if I want to trade options? So my answer is mostly no, you do not need to own, except if you are doing one option trading strategy and we'll talk about it. Uh, let's look at some examples. See, if you are bullish on a stock, you can do two things. Number one, you can buy a call or you can sell a put. Now in this episode, right now, I'm not gonna talk about which is the right thing to do. But for now, let's assume you want to buy a call. So if you buy a call, there is no need to own any stock. You can just pay the premium and buy a call contract. If you want to sell a put. Now, if you have a cash uh, trading account, then you need to have a capital which is equivalent to the stock multiplied by 100. You need to have that much amount of money in your trading account because you are trading on a cash-based accounts. So mostly if you are doing on IRA, they will be cash-based accounts. So you need to have that much amount of capital. You don't need to have the stock, but you need to have that capital. If you are doing in a non-IR account, a regular brokerage account, mostly you will have a margin account. In that case, the amount of money that you need to hold will be much less, maybe 20%, maybe 30%, but it is much lesser than what you need to hold uh, in your IR account. But still, in either case, you don't need to own 100 units of a stock or for an ETF. Now let's talk about the other one. If you are a bearish on a particular stock and then you have again two option trades, you can buy a put. So when you're buying a put, all you need is the money to just buy the put contract, which is a premium money. So there is no need to hold the stock in your account if you are bearish on a particular stock. Just look at the strike price at which you want to buy the put and just buy the put outright. Pay in the premium money, that's all. The other option if you're bearish on a stock is to sell a call. 
Now, if you want to sell a call, uh, you could do um, in a margin account, you could sell a, if you, are, you have a privilege to sell a naked call, you can sell a naked call. Again, I'm not going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of doing it, but assume that you want to sell a naked call, you can sell the call and then brokerage will hold some amount of money to allow you to sell the call. But again, there is no need to hold the 100 units of the stock. You just need to make you just need to make sure that you have enough capital so that brokerage can allow you to sell the naked calls now only one option trading strategy in which you need to hold 100 units of a stock is if you want to do covered call instead of naked call now the covered call i mean that your call option is covered by the number of shares that you hold in your uh, option in your trading account in that case the call is called covered if you do not have the stock or if you uh, in your account then in that case it is naked so by the definition of covered call you are selling a call on a stock or ETF of which you actually own 100 units that's the only case in which you are owning a stock and then you're selling a call, which is called covered call. So only if you're doing covered call option trading strategy, you need to have 100 units of the stock or ETF. Otherwise, there is no need to hold 100 units of a stock or ETF if you want to do option trading. I hope this clarifies. Now, if you have any questions, you can also email me, put a comments on YouTube channel, or ping me a question on Quora and I will be very happy to answer it for you. All right, thank you very much uh, for your time and for your attention. And I will talk to you again next week. Till then, happy trading and goodbye. Please note that all the information presented is purely for educational purposes and is not a financial or investment advice. I don't know you, you don't know me, so do yourself a favor and don't invest or trade solely based on what you hear.